on, Breaker One. This is Shark Pants Free Radio. Gamers, get your ears on because we're blowing the speakers out. Grimdark Live. It is time for Grimdark Live. This show is for the nerds, the outcasts, the weirdos. And for short pants gamers? No, not you. Ah, crap. Get ready, all you grimdark goons, for dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf. Only right here on Grimdark Live. Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, your weekly webcast for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and tonight we are going to be talking about the tactics of list building in Aegis Sigmar. But before we get into all that, Thanks for joining us here tonight on Grimdark Live. And if you like our show, please don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. Uh, and let your friends know all about us, huh? Uh, pass our show on to your other folks that may be interested in this type of content and uh, help us grow, please. And thank you very much for your help. And also, uh, in tonight's show, typically, as you guys know, we talk about lists and the competitive aspects of those lists. But tonight, we are gonna be, we're going to be taking a little bit of a left turn at Albuquerque, and we're going to be really analyzing what it takes to build a competitive list. Uh, and I think you're going to find it uh, pretty interesting. But with that said, we still want to hear from you. So any, any comments you have on the conversation that my guests and I are going to be having tonight on tactical list building and some of the things behind what it takes to get those lists built, uh, leave it in the show notes below or the chat comments or the section here in the show notes, and uh, we will definitely address it once that, uh, that happens. But all right, here we go, man. Here we go, you dice, chuck, and glue, sniffing gamer goons. Tonight, we're going to be getting into that conversation about list buildings and tactics and thoughts and opinions and all that good stuff. Um, and really what it takes to build a list in Age of Sigmar. And joining us tonight, returning back to the show, we got him. You know him. You love him. We got Mike Drafke. Mike, what do you hear? What do you say, bud? What's going on? It's great to be back. Hell yeah, man. It's, it's absolutely great for you to be back. And thank you very much for being back with us, man. Man, always, always a pleasure. Always excited to get on air and talk about Warhammer. You're, you're damn right it is, man. Now, here's the thing. I'm going I'm to put you right on the spot, right off the bat, right off the mark here, man. And here we go. We got Darktron69, Big Sexy is here. We wouldn't have a show, Mike, without <laughs> Big Sexy. So here's what we got. So now you have some very interesting, and, and, and albeit, I'm going to put this out there, very potent thoughts on the matter of list building, especially in the realm of creativity, as, as it were, correct? I mean, don't give away the goods yet, because well, that's, gonna, that's, that's the main point of our conversation. But you kind of take a, a more ethical and direct approach to putting the list together, yeah? Yeah, I, I like to keep it potent. That's a good... Uh... That's a good word. I like to <laughs> I like to throw my own spice on it, and I like my spices strong. Yeah. Well, you know what? Your, your point that you're going to make here later, I think, um, can easily be misunderstood. But, but folks, I'm telling you right now, the guy is pinpoint on, and I think his credibility is going to speak for himself as far as somebody that really creates his own lists and, and drives those lists home to a lot of wins. Um, now, with all that said, for you guys that may not be familiar with Mike Drafke, um, the guy is very accredited as far as his playability. There's that word again. And he's really a successful Legion of the First Prince player with a great showing at GTs like Armed Forces Day 5. He came in seventh. He was 4-1 and one there. Uh, recently with the Chicago uh, Open, uh, that he, he was 19th. He was 3-1-1. One and one, And he's got a slew of RTTs to boot just here alone in AOS 3.0 Season 1. Um, but, Mike, I'm going to throw it to you, man. As a list builder, how do you think you rank yourself? I mean, I'm great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I think 
when I'm putting together lists, I, you know, I'm blessed to have the Grimdark Club and having so many guys around to play so many different options that, you know, running a list like Legion and then learning to control, you know, playing a shooting army one day, the next day playing a melee army, the next day playing a magic army. It just really <clears throat> opens the door to every time you're building a list, really putting together all the levels you need to be on the competitive scene, I think. Yeah. And, and you know, I want to I want to go back on one thing you just said, because I, I cued in on that. And that's really going to be the essence or the soul of what this conversation is going to be tonight and your overall philosophy on building the list. So so what is your overall philosophy on building lists for the armies that you play? Just high level, because don't get into the goods yet. But what's your high level on that one? Like, uh, you know, first play what you love. You know, that's always number one. Okay. And, and uh, you know, always, no matter what you're doing, always try to put your own spin on it and always try to, you know, if you're going to win a tournament, make sure they say, oh, that list is a little different. You know, yeah. that list is his list. Yeah. Own a little property. Whatever, whatever that I is. like it. Yeah, uh, you, you got a you got a challenge coming at you here in the chats, man. We got the Mad Painter himself. We got Haroon. <laughs> he says, "I'll still give you a run for your money, Drafty." I wouldn't I wouldn't put up with that, Drafty. I would I would accept that challenge right now. You know the Chaos Gods welcome it anytime. <laughs> Any uh, anyone who wants it, you can get it. You know what? I like it. So here's the thing. I'm not the best list builder out there. You know, often I, I honestly, I mean, oh, I, I find on. myself well, in, in all you're fairness, a, you're a pro. In all fairness, I find myself implementing a a plan of attack, let's just say, but then putting in units that I, quote unquote, I am doing the air quotes here, like, you know, which may not be as competitive, i.e. my my beloved Senegors. I love Senegors. As far as a trash army like Beast of Chaos goes, they're like they're like bottom of the barrel. They're, they're like used diaper trash. I mean, they're they're pretty horrible. But I love them, and I put them in my list, and it probably lessens the competitiveness. Which honestly, by doing that, you skew the lists in a less competitive manner. I mean, do you do this? Uh, yeah, I do. I I, uh, I put things in lists that probably shouldn't be in there, <laughs> and I, just because I like them, you know. Right. I, right. I'm gonna run the Skaven catapult until I die. You know, like I don't care if I miss it all the time. You know what? But but when you but when you hit, it's glorious. I mean, incredible it, things it really on, the, on the table. Yeah, those 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 play claw catapults are really something pretty vicious. Um, yeah, that but that's yeah. a whole nother. I show. love all, I love all the I love all the the luck involved. Yeah, you know, two yeah. D six. You never know what you never know what will happen. That's right. That's right. But I think the greater point of this discussion uh, that that you know you want to make here is and and i guess i want to i want to phrase it this way the greater point that we want to make here this evening is the originality and creativity of list building and how that equates back to the gamer themselves correct at least that's the first of 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 multiple topics we're going to be talking about yeah yeah you know it's funny you know we we say this all the time in our war meets and we say it here on the show a lot you know, that how often a gamer, you know, they go out to their favorite hobby store and they buy that brand new model or that brand new box of, of a unit that they really want. And they find out when they open the box, it doesn't come with a gamer. And I think that really is, <laughs> is where, you know, a, a lot of the, a lot of the idea that they, that, that gamers have is, oh, I'll just take whatever the guy that won the last major GT does. And I'll just copy that. And my life will be great. I'll be the king of the nerds. And I think we find that there's a flaw in that. And we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But I think the essence 
uh, of of the of the chat that we're going to be having here, Mike, is the individual creativity of those lists by certain gamers out there, right? Yeah. So short pants all the way up to whomever. But I think I think we have a good discussion not only about that, but also about the the tenants. I would say the 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 seven tenants that really are there that I think are. Um, required in making a list, at least things that I do. And I'm sure that many of you out there kind of do the same thing, but folks, for sure, uh, this is going to be in part a pretty spicy topic and uh, nobody can deliver it like, uh, like, like Mike and, and, but his, his, his heart and his mind is in the right place. Listen to this man, folks. I'm telling you right now, the guy's got some wisdom for you. Uh, But that in itself is just a portion of the conversation in this evening on, on list building. Uh, But Mike, all right, enough of my blabbering. Let's, let's factor in this as a warm up to our conversation. All right. All right. Currently in the game, I'm talking the GHB 22 season one. It's a very exciting but strange time in the world of Age of Sigmar. Um, I think you'd agree with that. I mean, as of tonight's show, we're in the twilight of season one. It's going to be ending in December. And now we're looking at season two. It's looming over us. And in terms of our topic tonight, you know, uh, list building tactics and creativity I think the next phase of the GHB 22 could cast a cloud of really indecision over everyone's favorite game in, in terms of list building, et cetera. What are your thoughts early on? I think my, one of my predictions is that we're definitely going to be getting rid of attacking in two unit, the two rows, the two ranks. Know? Okay. You think that's going away. And I think that's going to be a big change right away because there's certain models right now, you know, it doesn't even make sense to put in certain, you know, builds on it or like Skaven will definitely jump up even once we get rid of that rule because so many armies are benefiting by it. Sure. So I think I think that's going to be big and then that's going to change lists right away as well. Yeah, I'm actually excited. I'm, I'm actually excited because I like the change up and the fact that you know, it's a good way to balance the game. And as much as I'm going to complain through this podcast, I'll say that GW is doing a good job of balancing the game out pretty much where armies, no matter what's on the table in a competitive stance, it's always a good game. I mean, every, you know, all yeah. sorts of di- like every every faction now has something that's competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, is, I, I which think we're pretty awesome. I think we're definitely in the renaissance of the game. But let me let me hit with the first point. Bitching and gaming, you know this, goes hand in hand. Even when things are great, you wouldn't be a gamer. And I'm, I will have to take your gamer card away if you didn't bitch a little bit. Just a little. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, you have to. Yeah. It's part of it. Absolutely. And, and you know Darktron69, I want to throw this out there on the chats. You know, he made a good comment. I'm happy to see the death of the incarnate. Okay, 80 points. Is that really the death? We're going to be talking about that. Is that the bit. death? Well, I, maybe it Maybe it dropped a level. Yeah. Maybe it dropped a level. Yeah. But he's not dead. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not just, dead. He's kind of wounded. He's kind of <laughs> wounded a little bit. Yeah, he, he can eat an endless spell and go back up. Yeah, you know? well, we're going to no, talk I think, about that. Yeah, I think 80 points, it's enough to deter people, but, I mean, it's still an immortal monster pretty much for, like, two rounds. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. hard to... It, it it it's got people thinking now. It's got people thinking that eighty points is 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 got a couple of schlubs like us talking about it on the show. Um, but here it is, folks. Um, with our guest here this evening, this upcoming conversation is is going to touch on building theory, tactics, and quite possibly touch a, touch a nerve with some people out there. But you know what? Get over it. Um, and I think I think we we'll talk about in terms of methodology and list builds. I think we're in for a pretty good treat because Mike and I, outside of this, have had a lot of conversations on list building, philosophy, and tactics. And the proof is in the pudding. He's a very successful gamer, this guy. And you don't get there by by putting together crap lists. But overall, 
Uh, we're going to be looking at list building in the sense of environment, number one, uh, theme of the army, then key units. We're going to be looking at it from other type of units, what units to fill out your army with. And finally, the obvious one, playtesting reputation, right? So here we go, guys. We're going to be uh, we're going to be jumping into this topic here coming up. So stick around. But first, we, Mike, I got to ask you that proverbial question, man. Are you staying true? Are you sniffing glue? Oh, I'm staying true, but always sniff a little glue on the side, you know, <laughs> really. You can't That's work that hard without chaotic. a reward. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I actually have been building a lot of Furies. So uh, uh-huh. getting, getting ready for the new Legion uh, where Bellacor is, I guess, dedicated to the Furies. Yeah. You know? I'm into it. I'm into it. Whatever Bellacore wants to do, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow suit. And see that, so. that whole topic about list building right there. You kind of cracked the egg on the Furies, and I wish we had a list we were going to be talking about tonight specifically. But we're gonna have to have you come back on the show once the new season breaks, and we're gonna have you go through your list just to kind of kind of round about <clears throat> this little conversation we're gonna be having here tonight because you really did. You cracked the code on those on those Furies, and folks, stick around for that next show. We're gonna be talking about that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm happy to see that you're not sniffing glue. Well, at least not sn- sniffing glue because you don't just watch a little, it. just you know, a little. Like I said, man, yeah. you got to have those rewards every now and again. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I started putting together Zongors. You know, I'm such a beast of chaos Ooh. snob. I really did. I'm such a snob because in the lore, as you know, beast of chaos don't bow to any god whatsoever. Hey, shout out to number one, baby. Well, they are. You know? and, and, yeah, and you know what? And, and <laughs> as we've seen with this new update here that came out that broke this morning, um, you know, leave it to GW. They never find a they never find a moment to miss. To really give the beast of chaos a long damn bone job, they really I I, I think it's just right. a matter of time. I don't want a new book. Nerf, I don't. I want, I want my way to the ground. Well, that's what they're going to do. Yeah, that's that's what they're going to do. But I've been working on Zangors because we got LodgeCon coming up, and uh, in that tournament that's coming up, they're allowing a a battle line sidebar unit for free. Um, then and there's some special stuff with that. So um, I figured, what the heck? You know what? I might as well try some Zongors and kind of get out of my comfort zone a little bit. So that's what I'm doing. But at least I'm not sniffing glue in a negative sense. Otherwise, I like them. I like them. I think their War Scrolls decent. You know, it is. But you know, it's like not, a, it's not unbelievable. No, but it's decent. I like it. Paired hand weapons. They're 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 pretty good. But you know, like I said though, I'm just a snob when it comes to BC Chaos, and and I'm <laughs> I'm too much into the lore, which is probably to my to my detriment. But um, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. But I, I got to give you props on the Lord of the Rings hobby and you were doing with that orc army. That oh, was, yeah, that thanks, was bad. Thanks. Yeah. Someday yeah, really I'm actually, cool. yeah, I appreciate it. Someday I'm going to, I'm going to want to get that on the table because, um, uh, I, I worked pretty hard on it. It was a purely just a hobby event. I just wanted to, I, I had the models laying around. And I just wanted to see if I could paint it to look like Lord of the Rings. And, and, and it obviously worked out. I actually had somebody when I posted it, uh, online just to kind of show everyone, the guy said, do you want to sell me that army? I thought it was kind of cool. I didn't sell it to him. I'm, it's not for sale. I'm, I'm yeah. going to keep it. But I thought it was kind of cool. We, yeah, we never sell anything, right? No, we don't. <laughs> it's, the problem. it's the problem with this hobby. Yeah, especially if you <laughs> built it and painted it. You can't sell it. It's, it's like it's like terrible right. things happen to you. It's like a curse. You don't want to do that, folks. You don't. All right. So news. Here we go, man. Um, have you been have you been watching the news? Because we got a ton of stuff to, uh, to get to in this one, uh, starting with this uh, goofy rumor engine uh, that we have. Now, um, here it is, another week, another tease from GW. I mean, it's kind of interesting when I look at this thing. Um, it could be corn or something related, maybe Warhammer Underworlds, Warcry. I, yeah. I have no idea, man. What do you think? Shout out Matt Griffin. He did also say it might be corn. Uh, I don't know. I, that flesh looks weird. Like I'm not, I'm not sure what it is. To be honest, I was. Uh, 
I was trying to think of models that I own that have have a similar look like that, and I just uh, I, I'm blank on it. But I could see maybe something in slaves. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah, it baffled me. I mean, it really did. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the notches in the nails, and I'm I'm looking at it, and it looks almost. I first thought reptilian, but then it's got that weird like skin texture to it. I'm thinking maybe could it be 40k corn? Um, oh, you know also, what? Did they? seraphin right didn't they just release something like uh yeah it could be that they just did chameleon skinks didn't they like in the new Warcry box yeah yeah i mean it could be some kind of mutated lizard i don't know nah, probably not. that looks pretty chaos though it does yeah, i, I yeah. do see uh and, and i'm not completely sold that it isn't uh it isn't 40k you know of some kind yeah that's what i was saying too. 40k corn i was maybe. saying that earlier i mean yeah. All right, I'm not I'm not exactly sure, but uh, one thing we are sure about are the uh, the Battle Scroll updates for October 2022, and 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 here's the thing: we're we're going to start out with this one, Mike. We were kind of talking about this before the show started. You know, the Purple Sun. Um, I don't think anything has changed. I don't think you think anything's changed either. But we're talking about it because GW talked about it. They made everything magenta, so we're going to kind of throw it out there. I mean, it looks like the same. I mean, I'm not sure if the distance changed. Uh, maybe anyone in the chats let us know. I think the six inches was the same way, but for some reason they decided to publish it with the battle scroll updates for October. Um, and it looks like it's doing everything, you know, if, if on a one, um, anything that's touched by the purple sun's rays, uh, if they have a wound characteristic of nine or less, it's going to be uh, one model in the unit is slain. Otherwise that unit suffers D six plus six mortal wounds. So, um, this still would have taken out your Lord of afflictions though. It would have. And now with the new, uh, I believe the, the sons have the lantern, uh, they can cast it double the distance. So, Okay. Uh, I believe that's uh, one of the new uh, rules they have. They get a cast one one endless spell, but you double the movement. Which, oh, wow. Uh, I don't know how that will work with uh, that gnashing jaws spell, but we were talking about that earlier. That yeah. seems super interesting. Yeah, and, and maybe the only thing that changed are the points. You know, maybe that's all it was. I mean, maybe, you know, but we, I think we already knew that, right? I think we already knew that it went up from 90 points. That was that was a few weeks back. So, I don't know. They they, they showed it, so we're showing it. I mean, I don't really, yeah. uh, I don't really it's know. It's like much. Purple Sun, you know. Yeah. It's had its time, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think everyone's, we've all seen the Mall Crusher get annihilated or like something, you know, first turn. It's. It's done. Yeah, I you know what I just hope these, they don't these are what these are the opinions that we were talking about. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know. Yeah. That, I just hope they don't mess with the uh, the, the 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 bridge. Just soul screen bridge. <clears throat> leave that alone. I like that the way it is. Um, yeah. Next thing though, soul screen bridge is good. It is. It is. So next thing we got is the beast of chaos. Now again, GW never missing a, a moment to kick my beloved Beastie Boys right in the schmeckle. Um, <laughs> here it is, man. So they changed ah, the, your primal roar. Yeah, they changed the primal roar monsters rampage. It's it that was something that was in the white dwarf, uh, white dwarf four seventy three, best white dwarf ever published. And if they come out with a nobbler one, that might that might trumpet. But right now, that's the best white dwarf ever. But you roll and now they're, they're, they've changed. It used to be automatic, uh, Drafke. So now it's you roll a dice on a three plus, you receive one primordial call point. You see, I, I I'm I'm kind of off put by that a little. Um, because I don't think it was that overpowered. I mean, even if you took an all herd list, um, so now there's a chance that you could lose out on your monstrous roar ability. Don't get mad at me here. Okay. But in my, in my opinion for the game, I don't like automatic stuff and I really don't like two, two plus either. I mean, I get it on some things, 
but like a three up is a good dice roll. Like you have a good shot at it. Um, maybe, uh, maybe I would kind of like when they give you the option of like, if you hit a six and you get D three, mm-hmm. like that's always cool. Cause like, yeah. you know, then we're going for the gamble, but, uh, or like one, nothing happens two and up this. Like I, I like those rules, right? but I could see why to make a dice roll in the game. You know what I mean? Cause when it's automatic, then it, you can't stop it, and you know that sometimes that sucks. Well, true. But that's just my opinion. But but you know what? I think I think I think my bitching would have been less. Of course, I'm a gamer, so gaming bitching goes hand in yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah. You're that. able. You're and these are your beastie boys. I yeah. get it. You you guys. I, when I first started playing, nobody played Beast of Chaos. They told me they were the worst team in the game, and you know after that White Dwarf, man, that changed. And oh, I, yeah. it was cool to see them come out of the woodwork and. Yeah, I'm all about it. I, I, I love, I love BC too. Boys. Right now, I don't. I, you know, I'm just gonna say this right now. If anyone from GW is listening, um, no, no new them. book, no new book. I'm not interested. Don't want a new book. Leave me with my white dwarf. Uh, leave it alone. We we don't need a new book because everything is working out very well. Uh, we'll even stick with the fours by threes. <laughs> uh, we don't need threes by threes. Just don't mess with the book because every time they do that, something terrible happens. Um, but yeah, but you know, I, I, I get it. With all herd, you know, you're getting a primordial call point, and, and folks, few people that don't know, primordial call points is how they summon. So you're already averaging between five and six primordial call points as is right now. You know, give you give you a case in point: a chimera is ten primordial call points. So typically by round two, you can have your very famous round two, you know, turn two chimera. So I get it. They had to even it out. Um, but I'm just a spoiled brat. But one thing that they did, and I think you might have seen this, and I'm going to jump right to the points changes with Beast of Chaos so that I can stop my crying here for a second, Drafke. <laughs> they, they, the Coctress, my good old Richard, you know, he went up 15 points, and the Dragon Ogres went up 20 points. Now, I think the Dragon Ogres is really the only part in this whole thing because no one ever carried a Coctress in their list. They summoned it for five primordial call points. But Dragon Ogres were pretty heavily in the game. You know, I played, a, I played six of them constantly in my list. This is going to change quite a bit with that, but I, I, I'm, I'm kind of like, I have mixed emotions about, about dragon ogres. Now, draft, you know what I mean by mixed emotions, right? Like, you like to run them, but they might not be the the best choice all the time. Yeah, yeah, and and like when I see yeah. this, it's kind of like watching your brand new Cadillac go over a cliff with your mother-in-law in the back seat. You know, you're you're left with <laughs> you're left with mixed emotions on what you're seeing. You know, the like, twenty points. You know, if it was a decision before now, yeah, you know, yeah, and I think it's good for the game. So, but I don't want to be charitable, damn it. I, I I want people to stop messing with the Beastie Boys. That's what I want. Now with the the cockatrices or whatever, it's uh, I know that people were putting those in like Slanesh armies. I remember there was a a tournament winning list. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if maybe that has something to do with too. Maybe uh, you know allying them into certain armies yeah i think they were doing that i think a lot of people also bc chaos armies were running like you know there was there was a, there was some whack job out there brilliant person by the way but talk about originality and lists he was running like 12 of them i think i think he had like 12 yeah yeah in his list and he was just he was just murdering people because they got they they got a you know here's the thing it's like punches and bunches they got a they got a fairly good shooting attack on its own but a lot of them have a and pretty good shooting mortal. attack. yeah 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 and so i mean I get it. They had to kind of they had to kind of limit what the beasts of chaos are currently doing because really, being the fact that their book is from 2018, their summoning is out of this world. So you, you're not going to keep up with their summoning. They're going to flood the board. I mean, I, I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. So yeah. But that wasn't the only change. Well, let's move on to the 
Grand Alliance destruction real quick that was in the news that I want to touch on. And folks, we're only touching on the increases because I think we all know that in the game here, why, why they would decrease the point value of certain units because they're not selling. It's still a business. So we won't touch on that. I love it. I love the fact we possibly are going to see more cruel boys around. I love that idea. Um, Shout out Gludos or the guy from Slanesh. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I, but I think we want to touch on what I think is going to be more negatively impactive in the immediate sense in lists. And that's the, where, where they went up. So let's look at uh, uh, right now, the Orc Warclans. I mean, right off the bat, we got this, this Swamp Collar Shaman and the Pot Grot. Now, what they told us to do, if, if you're looking at it, that's on the screen right now, is they, they want us to adjust the, the verbiage where they, instead of attempting to dispel an endless spell or cast any endless spell with this unit in that phase, they, 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 so they want you to remove the text from the poisonous, uh, the poisons and elixirs ability. So you, it looks like you can no longer dispel an endless spell or cast any spells uh, with this unit in that phase. So it's it's a little strange the way they have it worded. Yeah, that is interesting. So um, I think that's going to, you know, again, I don't think Cruel Boys needed anything else to kind of kind of keep them in the dirt. You know, I, they were already an army that was struggling. Um, I love how they look. Oh, so yeah. like, you know, it's one of those armies that like whenever I see it on the table, that's one of those lists. When I see people playing Cruel Boys, I know you have to be a pretty talented player, especially to be bringing that to a competitive scene yeah. with what you're going to face. Right. When you're facing a list that some of these people will bring, Cruel Boys is going to be a, a hell of a time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I like that you just said that. And that's and that's really going to be the essence of what we're going to be talking about here tonight, folks, on the show. And I think you're absolutely right. They're not, you know, right now somebody shows up with Cruel Boys. That person is either a liar or a lunatic or exactly who and what they say they are. They, they're somebody that's going to go out there and, and take the whole thing. Or they're just a whack job who knows uh in this community who knows <laughs> did they drop uh gobsprack did they drop his points you know i'll have to go back the and vulture. look i'm i'll have to go back yeah and i didn't i, I didn't i, I didn't know, notice I, I i i still i'm still really kind of absorbing it i really just want to touch on the points that i thought were going to be immediately impactive yeah. in the game especially because like i said we're winding down season one uh but gloomies the gloom spite gets that was the other destruction army that i think was had something interesting happen. The Arachnorok spider is now going to be battle line. Um, and that tells me Pretty that awesome. something very spidery is going to be happening with the gloom spite gets update when their book comes out. So I think that's something, um, I think I'm pretty excited about that. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are excited to see what gloom spite gets updates are going to be. And I think it's going to be very spidery. Yeah. I love that. I know there's a couple guys in the club playing spiders mm -hmm. and they've, you know, I love that. Yeah. Spiders are awesome. Oh. Those dude, riders are great. A, a fully painted spider army on the table is one of the most awesome armies to see on the table. Um, and their speed. Yeah. You know, we, we've said it before and we'll say it again. Speed kills. I mean, you have a spider army. They can ignore terrain. They're on. I mean, they, they got poison attacks. You know they're going to do something funky with the poison. Now they're going to make the arachnid uh, a, a, a battle line unit. I think there's good stuff. My prediction here, folks, is I think there's good stuff on, on the line. For Gloom Spite when the new book comes out. At least that's why my my spider sense is tingling on that one. I hope so. I'd love to. I'd love to see more of them on the table. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think we will. I think we will. And I I'm, I like the fact that there could be a very uh, diverse army, not just going to be Trogoths like we've seen for the longest time, which you know we don't see much of at all anymore. Um, yeah, so here's to answer your question. Gobsprack dropped 20 points. So there we go. Nice. nice. Yeah. So, so Hopefully we, we see more of him. 
Because that model is awesome. Oh, I, yeah. I love that model. Well, the, the general on, awesome. on the on the kill and the, the the vulture too, I think is is pretty is pretty fantastic. Um, yeah. But the last thing in the news here is the list of points increases. Um, so really, the points increases really were more to Seraphon, Orc, Warclans, uh, Magakin, and then a slew of the endless endless profiles, endless spells. Um, so it's interesting because some of the stuff I agree with. Um, I agree with the engine of the gods going up twenty percent or, or tw- twenty points. Lord Croak, yeah. I don't. Let's think make he... let's make it twenty percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think Lord Croak went up enough personally. I mean, twenty points. I don't know. That seems like a favor to somebody. Um, I think the Skink Priest <laughs> got railroaded a little bit. Um, truthfully, the one that shocked me was looking at the Magakin here, Bloab Rotspawn. Um, they didn't. They didn't take twice born down. Well, and that's my guy. That's, I'm, yeah. I'm building the list right now. Yeah. Uh, tons of nerglings and twice born. So I was. I was like, hey, I made it through it. Yeah. You know, of all of the lists we've seen recently with Magakin, it's been fly lists, right? It's Lord of Afflictions. Yeah. You know, um, and and I don't really think Bloab was that big of a threat in the, in the games that I've played against fly lists with Bloab on the table. I don't know that I engaged him in any form of combat whatsoever once through a five round game. So I don't really understand. And you know, with Magakin really riding high and being a beautifully painted army on the table and kind of a painter's choice army anyways, I was really shocked to see that point increase because I don't think Bloab, first of all, I think he was pointed perfectly at 300 points. Um, they, yeah, they, I mean, uh, I don't know. I I agree with you. I think uh, he was pointed fine. I don't think he had to go up. I right. I wasn't seeing a ton of him, but uh, you know, that's we were talking about making these lists, and uh, I the list I was making, which I ran it a couple times, it, it actually worked very well. Um, I had it named No Fly Zone because right. you know trying. <laughs> uh, as much as I love them, you know, that's one of the things. Like, all of a sudden, people tell you, hey, the Pusquoil Blight Lords are great. You know, well, then I'll make a whole list of them. You sure. know, and that's the whole list. All your list is is the the Pusquoils. And, I mean, that's cool. But, uh, you know, it, it gets old really fast. And I think that anyone who's playing, all of a sudden, you're coming into the club. And if people don't want to play your list, that's like, you know, yeah. it's a bummer. It, yeah. And that's not even about the player. That's just about, uh, you know, they don't want to chew through... You know, all the units of right. coils. Especially so those that. bastards that play three gate breakers. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Oh. You, you you know who you are, you son of a all right, I'm kidding with I you. I mean, even if you run uh <laughs> even if you run six of those guys, it's fantastic. Right. Uh it's when you you know we're, the we're, whole talk, list we're, is we're, we're, we're back to Magakin, right. Got it, got it. I was I was throwing one of our club mates, so I was taking a shot at him. Um so so here's <laughs> here's the thing, sorry, so here's my question to you. And and the question was on the chats here at the beginning of the show. Crown Spine Incarnate going up eighty points. Is that the death of it? Tell me tell me what this does to the Crown Spine at four hundred and eighty points now. Everyone should take their Crown Spine. Just put it right in the trash. Uh not because <laughs> of the eighty points, but because we're done with it, you know. <laughs> uh, and I mean, this is one of those things, right? Uh I get the model. It's just uh when you win a game using that model. Maybe your opponent's really nice to your face, but the second you turn around, they dis- they just discredit your win and say, "Oh, we had an incarnate," which is a bummer. You know, what I mean, I I think that uh, that sucks that that happens to people because the incarnate's great in every army. It's like, well, half the time I'm like, why would I use a greater demon when I'll just throw the 400 point incarnate in the list? So, right. You yeah. know, yeah, the 80 points 
sure. I think it will discourage some people, but I know people who have competitive lists that are, you know, 80 points, you know, open. So sure. All right. I don't think it's going to slow it down too much. No, I I don't think so. That's a good point. I like the way you put that. As a matter of fact, I was going to have my point on it, but you know what? You said it better than me, so I'm just going to leave it at that. I think I think the way you talked about it was perfect. Yeah, I, you know, and when I look at the rest of the of of the profiles as far as the the increases with the endless spells, you know, the Umber Spell Portal that one only went up ten. You know, that serves a great purpose in the BC Chaos list with like things like the uh, the the Taurus and other things. Um, but I, yeah. you know. I don't know that that should have been touched. Uh, the purple sun probably needed to complete rechange. I, I, I agree with that. Um, the soul seeker. I don't know that I've ever seen one on the table. I don't even know what the heck that's, that thing uh, is. That's uh, the Thanquil. Yeah. Uh, you know, you put it next to Thanquil, teleport them, and, you know, um, annihilate a unit. Okay. Them. And right. that, that'd be, was just really popular. Okay. Well, not in our group, man. I don't remember ever seeing it on the table, but then again, you know, I don't know. What what the hell do I know? I I painted it up uh, and I was going to run it, but I, I, it's actually in the list I was going to bring. <laughs> it's pretty cheesy though. <laughs> Good. All right. <laughs> well, well, that's, that's, uh, that's everything that we got as far as in the news and, you know, folks, so stick around. We're going to be right back after this break uh, to talk more about list building and the tactics of, uh, of list building with our awesome guest here, Mike. So, Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, gang. I want to thank you for being with us today on Grimdark Live. Thanks for being with us on tonight's show. But before we get into our main topic here on the show, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker and become a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, check out our podcast or blog sections, attend an upcoming event, or should you know that GrimdarkLive.com has some great products in our shop, t-shirts, hoodies, caps, dice, and a ton more. So get your swag on with Grimdark Live merch. Also from GrimdarkLive.com, you can find us on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and other social media platforms. We're constantly updating the website, so check it out for new stuff on the site. But with all that said, we just want to thank you for being part of this show and being here with us tonight, here on Grimdark Live. Now, let's get to the main topic of the show. List building tactics. That's, uh, that's what we're going to be uh, taking into the show here tonight in the second half, and uh if you guys are just joining us, thank you for being with us. We've, uh, we've got a great topic ahead of us tonight, talking about tactics and kind of the methodology behind uh, uh, a list. So, Mike, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's start the conversation with the phrase that we used, actually, to introduce the topic from the top of the show. And what we said at the top of the show was, currently in the game, here we are sitting at the GHB 22 Season 1, it's a very exciting but strange time in the world of Age of Sigmar. And, and I say that right now, we're on the cusp of November. We essentially have maybe a m- month and a half left of season one, which is going to go by like a bullet. Uh, but regardless of us being at the end of season one or you know looking towards the beginning of season two, list building will always be, and always has been for that matter, a key factor to a player's success or, quite frankly, their demise. But to, to, to kick the, but to kick this conversation off, let's go with your personal list-building theory because I believe the message is worthy of discussion. And, and I think 
I think let me set this up for you. Now, one of the things that you had you had posted, and I and I got to be honest with you, I agree with what you said, and I agree with what your what your sentiment is, is somebody that just rips off a list offline. You know, um, I like your phrase, your LTMP. So I'll leave the rest to you to kind of to kind of you know what, what what that label is, and kind of talk a little bit about that. What you know, because I think your message was kind of worthy of 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 the discussion here. All right. So for everyone who's not a psychopath, uh, <laughs> we uh. <clears throat> you know, we play a lot of Warhammer. And when you're playing with friends all the time, you're going to come across things that either feel bad when you lose or literally when you lose, you don't feel like you ever had a chance, right? And sometimes that is because of the internet and then someone creating a list that's really good. And I think for the first guy who does it, when they figure out that combo that completely annihilates someone's army, um, good for them. And, and, you know, then I have to go to the drawing board and figure out how to beat that. The problem is the players who take that list, play the list, and then kind of talk trash like they are the inventor. That's an, you know, that's a low talent meta player. <laughs> yep. And, and that's just how, you know, we are the grim dark goons. So, Sometimes, you know, you might get your feelings hurt by stuff we say, but the truth is we're playing a war game. So if you don't like me, you come beat me up on the table. You know, that that's kind of the, the truth of that. Yeah, and, and so. I think I think the sentiment here, folks, you know, when we talk about LTMP, and I love that, that's got to go on a T-shirt, you know, low-talent meta players. <laughs> you know, I think the point that you're trying to make here, I think the overall message here, uh, Mike, is to the player, be original and not a copycat, right? I mean, that's, that's, isn't that what everybody says? You know, be, be original, be and yourself. I, I should also toss this out there. If you're a player who plays all the time and you're, you're established in this, then there's some level of like, Hey, I'm playing this famous person's list. You know, I've, I've been in 12 tournaments already this month. There are different levels to the game. It's, um, it's about if you're, if you want to stand out and be something, then, all you have to do is throw a little spice on the list. Don't be afraid to pull out one or two units and put your own little combo in there. And that's all it really takes to set you apart from this uh, term that we're using. Yeah. That's, that's uh Yeah. And I, and I love the way you put that. And I'm going to share a little bit of, of, of kind of the original intent of the, of the message here, you know, and, and I thought you said it very well. And I think, I think, I don't think it was the message. Sometimes it's, it's, it's the message behind the words, not the words themselves. I think you phrased it very well. And I agree with it. You know, I said, if you, if you build your list around broke combos, you learned on the internet. Um, I would have said you stole from the internet, you copied from the internet, uh, or only run lists that are already set in stone at five and oh, uh, you never deserve the title of best general, you know? Yeah. Okay. That's that, that, that hits you like a, like a Mack truck, but I think and if it hurt your feelings and you put that on yourself, it wasn't me. I was just making a statement. If, if you got offended by that, I mean, what do you want me to say? Yeah. And, you're, and you're putting the shoe on, you know, putting what? the shoe on. And I think, I think that's what it is. I think, I think you touched a nerve maybe with some folks out there that maybe said, Hey, wait a minute. I've been doing that for a couple of years, now. but I think, I <laughs> right. think what they're doing is I think folks that either accept that message are either understanding your intent behind the message and people that reject it are people that maybe don't understand the intent behind the message. I mean, l- let me just, let me throw this out there. Cause I'm going to piggyback folks off something Mike just said with services like ListBot analyzer or, or the many math hammer type sites that are out there. 
it, it, it really isn't much effort for a player to be original and come up with their own style of play. There are tools out there to help that player build their own list and be, be an original. I think we all know about these things, but it takes, it takes effort. And I think many times that's what a lot of folks want to veer away from. And that's the effort of it. So they, they, they hawk stuff that they see online. My takeaway, Mike, from your statement is this, a lot of people like to use lists that they have found on the internet, obviously. And while it might seem like a good idea, the philosophy here is once a player gets a list that might most likely works, maybe they won't have to waste a lot of money on models that, that later go unused. You know, maybe they're, maybe they're one of these people, but I doubt that's, that's the innocent, that's my innocent side of my mind going, well, maybe people are just cost conscious. No, I don't think I understand. We're, we're in a hobby. I, I that, understand. <laughs> we're in a hobby that maybe is impossible to be cost conscious. First of all, <laughs> you know, there is, well, you know, you're not going to be frugal yeah. and really play this, play this hobby. I don't think, but that was pretty much the intent behind that. Your, your sentiment behind that message, right? Yeah. I mean, if you haven't had the moment where you ordered a bunch of models and then woke up the next day and realized this is not going to work, I don't know. I guess I'm, then you haven't been playing Warhammer long enough because <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, how many times I've been like, you know, really high, but, and you know, that's another thing. Uh, I, a lot of we, me and uh, my good buddy who, you know, Matt Griffin shout out uh, when we're playing, we, for, for the longest time, no proxies. We didn't let anybody proxy anything when we were playing. So um, if you didn't buy it, you didn't play it. And I that I understand why that's crazy. And I understand that not everyone can do that. Sure. So, you know, I, I, I get it. And then, you know, but if you're going to go online and then say, well, I don't want to spend a lot of money, so I'm just going to buy the absolute best thing and, you know, not even put a, a an ounce of thought into it. It's just it's strange to me. That's right. a strange uh, player in my, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I think, I think obviously the most to me, when, when I, when I kind of digested your message and I kind of done, then later digested some of the reaction from some of the people, because you know, the reaction that, that, that kind of transpired on that post was both positive and negative. And folks, I'm telling you the truth. It was down the line, 50, 50. There were, there were people that were very for it and people that they quite honestly weren't. But I think the most obvious reason for this is because the the list is when when people go and they pull a list off the internet and are kind of uncreative. I think the reason for this is because the list is simply not built with you in mind, right? I mean, we 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 all have our own play style, and a list that works great for someone might not work so well for another person. And the the example that I'll use is the fact that some people will claim, as an example, I'm just throwing this out there, that say Big Wah as an army is the ideal way to play Warclans. Um, the other might claim that Iron Jaws lists are far better. Um, you know, it, 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 it's a clear indication of how different gamers work and how they different, uh, how they apply themselves. So just because say a Bill Sousa or somebody like that, or a Mike Drafke with, with his Legion of the First Prince goes and does really well at a tournament, doesn't mean you could copy Mike's list and do the same thing because as we've always said, oh, absolutely. yeah, because we've always said here yeah. on the show is you go out and you get all those models, you take them out of the box, you build them, you paint them and you realize real quick that box didn't come with a gamer. Now you have to be the one piloting that list. Is that a fair thing to say, Mike? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think there's certain lists that, um, 
are are simpler you know in, in their own way where like oh it's kind of like a nuclear bomb it, it's gonna be a bunch of dice you know on twos and twos and i'm gonna try to blow his army off the board but if that doesn't happen i lose right right i'm not like the biggest fan of those lists but um i agree with what you're saying that like my list could do really well and then someone else could play it and be like i have no idea what he's doing like what is this it doesn't make any sense like my legion list does zero damage pretty much unless my bloodthirster right unless he pops off but that's a weird style of play but one that i've learned to like just because you know a lot of this time big swinging armies you see a lot of that so and and that's something that we're going to be touching on here later and that's that's playtesting and repetition you 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 came up with that crazy ass legions list now there's a lot of legion players out there but the fact of the matter is is you came up with one that's very much your fingerprint all over it and i will honestly say because i you know i I caught some heat because like i was running a corn prince uh you know demon prince and i'll run him until he's gone i'm gonna miss him uh but all the stuff i did i never took any of that offline i had bought those greater demons and stuff uh just on my own and playing, uh, I ended up with the list I did. Um, so I didn't look it up. It, it, it turns out that a lot of the stuff, you know, in my list, you see a lot because the corn prince is very good. Oh and yeah. Yeah. I use my, my on, chaos list. Yeah. So, you know, and like when you're playing iron jaws or you're playing any orcs and pigs are on the table, well, it's like, of course there's going to, you're always going to run into a couple of pigs. You're going to run into, you know, you, right. you can't avoid that. Right. But, you know, and, and, and I think I think I, I look, I'll say this. I, I, I used to be very conscientious about what other people were playing. And when I was learning the game, I, I seem to remember and that was a long time ago, folks, but that I, I would try to copy certain lists because I was trying to figure it out. Well, it didn't take me too long to understand what the game was. And I can honestly say that I, I don't use lists off the Internet. Now, I may see a unit like the Demon Prince marked in corn. People talk about it. You read about it on Reddit. You kind of look it up in your own book, and you kind of see stuff, and you say, oh, I, I bet that can – I'd love to make that work. Blood slick ground. Who, who doesn't love that? Yeah. So, yeah, cutting the charge in half. Yeah, it works. You know, right. <laughs> everyone's right. going to run. Yeah, that's and, and really I, good. And I can say pretty comfortably that I've never used a list off the Internet. But I, I, I have always modified mine to use bits and pieces of other people's lists. Now, there's some truth yeah. in, in, in advertising. But to outright snatch one off the Internet just seems so unoriginal right. to me. And I think that was the essence of your message. It's, it's almost like... Exactly. If, That's exactly what I was saying. Yeah, it's almost like you don't know how to play, so you just copy another person's style. Why not just play with their models? You know, why, why, you're, you're playing with other people's, other people's toys. And, and folks, just... just and I'm going to let... Um, Mike kind of end this point here, but I think the overall message here by Mike is this. Make your own dang lists and your own and, and your own lists. Learn your stuff. And in the end, you're gonna be better for it. And the community's gonna be better for it because we're not gonna see the same freaking lists on the table day in and day out because people tend to be unoriginal. Am, am I correct in what I'm saying here? Summing it up for you? I think you I think you nailed it. And the only other thing I'll add on is we're playing a war game and it's okay to, you know, ruffle some feathers and people shouldn't, you know, get so upset because I mean, if you've ever played any board game, Monopoly, Risk, anything, right? Yeah. There's a winner and there's a loser and things can always get a little, you know, tense. Right. So 
just remember that maybe someone's really friendly to your face about your list. I'm just the guy who's going to tell you the truth. Like, I'm going to tell you, hey, I think you, you stole that list. Or like, hey, right. I know that list because yeah. I'm I'm also watching all the podcasts. Oh, yeah. And I'm also, you know, being a nerd, hardcore and watching every single thing I can. So that's why, you know, that's just what, what, I'll, what I'll put it. You know, we're playing a war game. Don't be so soft. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, toughen up a little bit, but yeah, I I think you're absolutely right. So, all right, so let's let's get into the uh, the, the lesser spicy meatball here in our in our topic, and you know we're gonna we're gonna move on from the uh, the low talent meta players, or, or as we like to say <laughs> LTMP. That's a great way to put it. And we're gonna talk about evaluating your lists, defining the theme for your army, identifying key units, identifying other units, identifying filler units, play testing oh. reputation, and obviously, you know. We'll round it out with some final thoughts. But let's start right at the top, man. Let's let's talk about what, what the obvious one is. I think that gets overlooked. And, folks, a lot of these things are how I personally build lists. And, you know, maybe you guys follow a different track. Uh, but I'm just going to say off the off the cuff here, you're all wrong. I'm right. All right, I'm kidding. That's really a rude thing to <laughs> no, say. So Perfect. No, I like it. <laughs> evaluate, evaluate your environment. So, Mike, here's what I mean by this. For a player, right, the environment is dependent on where you want to play and what your goal is. Are you trying to deal with your local meta or are you trying to compete and win LVO? I mean, Mike, what are your early thoughts when we talk about evaluating your environment? What are your thoughts on this? Do you do this? What I try to evaluate is battle tactics, to be honest. I try to I try to really focus my units on what is this unit's purpose and how am I going to obtain a battle tactic from this unit? Okay. That That's usually my main thought like if you know if we're playing a bunch of scenery are we doing you know uh i'm always thinking like about battle tactics that, that's probably my number one thing on my list building okay and, and yeah i mean if, you, if you're going to accomplish all your battle tactics you're you got quite the leg up on your opponent i mean I, th- I think that's a brilliant way to look at it right off the cuff so you're you're more of looking at the essence of the game within the environment not necessarily the competitive nature of your environment is what you're saying yeah i, I usually try to put in my head that um, I'm not going to, I don't make really heavy damage lists. So mm-hmm. I just assume that my opponent is going to kill more of my guys, but how can I either, you know, distract him, screen him, uh, just completely get you away from, uh, missing battle tactics while I'm complete, completing them. Because right. at the end of the day, that's what wins that game, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, I, 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 you, you, I love this conversation because this is like the third time I've, I've got to take a mental left turn at Albuquerque with something that you said. So I'm going to pick up on it because he, here's the thing. Let's stick with that. Let's stick with the, with the, the battle tactics for a second. Um, and, and we got John Anderson with us, man. Battle tactics are good, but the dice dance. John Anderson. So there you go. So, let me, all right. So I'm going to, th- I'm going to go with this. So what we, <laughs> that's John's dance, man. So what we know about AOS so far, let's, let's, let's talk about that. The, because I think this is going to couple in with what you're saying with battle tactics. The, the game now more than ever is about objective secure. Uh, and with the advent of Galician veterans, even in the face of bounty hunters, we're seeing a more, I'm going to say this, let me say this, let me get this point out because it's in my head here, man. We're seeing a more conservative approach to the horde meta. Now here's what I mean. And what I mean in horde, and I did say horde, Mike, uh, is <laughs> collectively more and more of the same-esque, I'm going to say, MSU type units are out there, but in a greater, greater degree. Do, I mean, do, do you agree with that so far? 
Like, are you saying people are running them or they're not running them? We're seeing a lot of MSU units of the same type. So it's it's more of a, it's not, it's not the olden day horde where you see 40 or 60 models in a big fat unit. That might come back, but yeah. that's not what I've been seeing lately. You're seeing a lot of little units. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that plays into your part, uh, the, your point about uh, getting your battle tactics. And I think that's a great thing to focus on because if you can get those battle tactics, those are points. And that's what this game is about. It's about holding those objectives, getting those points. Destroying your units, enemy units, is not really a thing. And I think one final note that I want to point out before I lose this thought on the environment, uh, in your environment for AOS, is that, um, you know, let's face it, GW now appears to be sticking with this seasons approach, right? We know that. And that coupled with, you know, obviously the most recent battle scroll updates, I foresee the army builds not drastically changing. However, I think you can depend on points differentials happening and, you know, that should be taken into consideration. This is going to affect your environment, which I think plays a little bit back into what you were saying. Did did I, did I kind of in a roundabout sort of way kind of wrap up what you were saying? Yeah, no, I know what you're saying, and I'll I'll toss this in there about the multiple units. Like, uh, I used to always debate <clears throat> whether taking, like, a big unit of 20 or 30 or a couple units of 10. But what happened is a lot of these models, you know, are hitting so hard mm-hmm. that they overkill my unit by 40 wounds, right? right. So <clears throat> I'd rather just screen you out with a unit of 10 of them <clears throat> while I'm, you know, using other tech, like now you're just stuck with the screen. So sure you did, you know, 60 wounds to me, but you only needed to do 10. Yeah. So yeah, I like it, it didn't make a difference, you because know, you know but if I had up. that big unit, now my whole unit's gone, you know? Yeah. But you're holding up your sense. opponent for one round, you know, and as a matter of fact, at the Chicago open, this is something briefly John Anderson and I talked about was, you know, you only need that one unit of 10 Ungors to hold up that unit. for. You're going to lose all your Ungors, maybe, but you know what? You just need that unit to hold up your enemy unit for one battle round and keep them off what? The objective. So I, I think I think there's a lot to be said with those screening units. And we're going to kind of look at that as far as, you know, you know identifying maybe filler units or other units that you might want to have in your army. But, 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 but moving on to the next point that I want to talk about is the theme, right? So we kind of have the idea of what type of meta we're playing in. And, and maybe some of the essence of what that meta is. Now we want to define the theme of the army. This is kind of what I do when I'm, when I'm creating a list. And so you say, okay, well, what do I mean by a theme? Well, what, what I, you know, what, what do you really want your army to do well? That's what I mean. I don't mean colors because I'm a shit painter, but what, what do you want your army to do well? You know, there are, you know, run and smash them in the face type lists. There's crazy magic lists. There's shoot them off the board from, you know, back there type lists and, and everything in between. And control control list. Exactly. And, and all of this, you know, faction, you know, all of this is faction dependent, of course, I get all that, Mike. And and I don't see, you know, obviously speaking, I don't see the, the slaves of darkness uh, is going to be much of a shooting uh, army. So I I get all that, but it's important so that you can build synergy within your list. And that's really what I'm going for. You know, having everything pulling in one or maybe two directions helps everything work better in this game, regardless of the, the season. I mean, Mike, do you agree with that? I mean, what are your thoughts on defining the theme of your army? I mean, you know, like my, I prefer control armies, right? Like when I, when I make an army, I I try to figure out how I'm going to control what my opponent does by my turn. You know what I mean? I'm going to set my, my, like a defensive army over a smash and bash type of army, which 
as a chaos player, I love to smash come smashing through. It's just sure. uh, I, I can't zug. I can't zug with some of the armies. Like they, you know, I've tried, right. and then. But you see, but it, it's got you thinking about how Mike is going to create, I mean, I'm talking about you in third person, that's kind of weird, but how Mike is going to, how you're going to update your list so that maybe you can beat those sons of bitch and gargants one of these days, right? Oh boy. I, I will say for a while I tried to make lists and say, well, what if I'm going to face a gargant list? And then I just said, I hope I don't, yeah. you know, well, <laughs> yeah, hope is not a plan. But hey, you know, I did see that uh, that the Gazeger, uh is going to be a problem for them for a little bit here, cutting yeah. their uh, cutting true. them in half. Yeah, that's and, a good it's a good start. Yeah, it is a good start. You know, and, and I got to be honest with you, I, I love the fact that Gargans are out there. But, but let's do this. Let's stick with our own gaming club. You know, here we are talking. We're back to environment again for a second. Um, there could be some folks in our club using this opportunity to build a list focused on, you know, killing Gargans, maybe. I, I hope that guy out there that plays him is listening. Or maybe looking to take out those buffing characters that make the opportunity uh, for, for their opponent's army to be stronger and better, et cetera, et cetera. You know, but this is kind of what you're saying, right, Mike? I mean, you're thinking about that Gargan army out there. Maybe you're thinking about that Zeech army that's out there or that, I, that you know, that Eidneth Deepkin army that's out there. And you're kind oh, yeah. of building kind of an all-comers, you know. Obviously, you can't optimize your list for everything, right? So you have to, you have right. to weigh that out, right? Oh, absolutely. And I, I think this is a funny example. I know we mentioned John Anderson. So uh, I, I actually told him, man, you're going to get Gargans round one. Um and he wanted him. He he was, you know, he's open arms and he loves that matchup. And uh, <laughs> it's so it's really interesting to me. You know, it's like, wow, he's looking forward to the match. Well, I'm sitting over here, fingers crossed that I don't see him right. because, you know, I'm going to try to stick trash into a point and the Gargan's going to come sit in the, the point, too. So, right. Right. It, it, it's really uh, which that's a great part of this game that it's really cool to. uh you know, all be in the same tournament and be hoping for matchups. And then I, I like that. I think that's part of the great part of AOS and the balance that is there. Right. And, and I'll be honest with you. I like that you just said that because we've always said too, that 70% of this game is mental, you know, your positive mental attitude, or your maybe your more pessimistic type of attitude. And, you know, let, let's face the facts here, post these updates, right. That just came out today as we end this portion of this edition season one is going to be coming to an end here in December. Many of the units are going to cost more. We've already seen that a good portion of the units out there are going to cost more. So focus yeah. is going to be more important. Now focus, not only on your army and your list building, but focus on what else is out there from an, from an opponent standpoint, right? Yeah. No, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you can't, you can't have everything anymore and and you have to be more selective and i think i think that also affects your your outlook on on your opponent so all right so let i think that's a good segue see that was totally natural let's 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 walk into identifying key units um so you got to start your list somewhere mike and and with this of course you know obviously i've done it this when i do it this starts with models i already have you know let let's let's see what the old jalopy can do let's take those ungors out for a spin and see if they can win me a tournament and if you can get to the table faster and get reps in from, from just a physical game type, it accelerates the playtesting part, which we're going to be talking about here later, folks. Uh, Mike, I mean, is this where you would consider to start identifying key units? I mean, I think, yeah, I think you have to, to at least have an idea of 
you should have like I think you should have about three different game plans just off yeah. your build, right? Like you, you should never go in and say, "All right, this is the unit and this is gonna happen." Because anyone who's played knows, like, sometimes you can't believe it, but you know they're dead turn one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can't believe it happened, but it did happen. And now, where do you go from there? So. You should have like three backup plans. And I like to start my list. I know this might sound crazy to some people, but I like to get my battle line and know my weaker units before I start tossing my heroes in. Like if that, I know that might sound a little crazy, but no, you know, how many points are, you know, how many points am I dedicating to my battle line and how much of a role are they going to play in the list is a big part for me. I think what I'm hearing, and I, and I love the fact that you're talking like this, are goals. You know, I, I think I think you're talking really about what are your goals for for your list and how you want to build around that. I think I think goals are important yeah. in identifying your key units. You know, you have to have goals. And I'll give you. I'm going to go back and uh, to the to the example we just used. I'm going to keep raking this one over the coals. Um, first goal, I guess, if I was going to do, if I was going to, you know, use this as an example, get rid of those damn gargants. Okay, so. You know, Mega Gargants, we all know they have a tremendous amount of wounds, you know, between 34 and 35 and, and 40, I think. Uh, they have saves between 3 plus and 4 plus. Uh, they, they're averaging negative 3 rend and up to 5 damage. Um, now these bastards have priests. So we, we, we need to take that into account in our lists um, if that could be a targeted enemy. Now, again, that goes back to your environment, knowing what, what you're going to be seeing out there in the world. I mean... Um, but that's really what you're talking about are more so than just your plan a or plan B. You're really talking about goals. Did I, I mean, did I hear that right? I hope I did. Yeah. You, uh, no goals are key. And I think that, you know, some people may think, all right, well, I want to do enough damage to kill the gardens. But I think what a real, like what you really should be doing is it's going to matter what battle plan you play, right? There's certain battle plans. If you're playing against a guardian, you're going to have trouble if you're not doing a ton of damage. I understand that, but right. You have to like mentally prepare to play all of these different battle plans and your army. You like, you got to think like, Oh, if I have to split my army into three different sections to cover six points or, you know, am I sticking it all together as a death star? Mm -hmm. You know, these are like big questions. I think that you have to answer before you even start making the list. Okay. So that even goes beyond maybe what you might already own. And let's, let's stick with this because I think, this Oh is yeah. Really... Yeah. Go ahead. You're going to end up buying stuff. You're, yeah, well, it, yeah, it well welcome method. to the hobby. Yeah, you're going to end up buying stuff. Yeah, and, and I think <laughs> um, it's just what you do for the money to, to buy those things. That's the questionable part, you know. Well, at least you can uh, play, if you want to play Tabletop Simulator, <laughs> that is a great way to at least say, right. yeah. hey, I tried it out and I got annihilated. I won't be buying those models. Exactly, you know? and, and, you know, is, and that's that another great tool. But that goes back again to, hey, create your own freaking list. Be your own individual. You know, you got right. those tools in front of you, like we just talked about. But let me, let me, let me stick with, with this with this point here, because I, I don't want to move on just yet, because I think this is really the bulk of what a list is, is, those, is for the obvious reasons, identifying the key units. So let, let's stick with the Gargans. Or uh, how about this? Any other type of heavy hitter type units? Maw Crushers, Mortec Crawlers, what else? Bloodthirsters, et cetera, et cetera, right? It, it does make sense to have... You know, or you can ask this. I don't want to say does it does it make sense. I'm going to ask as a question: Does it make sense to have a list that fights fire with fire uh, and go with like type units, or go with range units like say a a skewer killabow or stormcast uh, vanguard raptors with long strike crossbows? You know, these units can be used by a player to kill those big nasty types 
um, in lieu of screens to hold them up for a, a round or two to collect those points. You know, uh, or even, you know, you can even kill off infantry units, you know, that are those, those horde units that we see are slowly coming back. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you, do you look at that even from a broader spectrum, moving away from the Giants in particular and just looking at all the big nasties that are out there? Yeah, I don't have... The, yeah, you know, that's another thing, too. Uh, shooting, like, really, really heavy shooting lists. Um, sometimes I feel like I my opponent thought we were playing 40K, but... Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think that they're their own problem in their own way. But I will say this: um, shooting lists can be hit or miss. Y- you can whiff. I've I've seen people whiff even on twos and twos somehow. Right. I, I I'm not the biggest fan of twos and twos for like a battle line unit when when people get them to that level. Just because like, you know, I guess the forces of chaos weren't enough to stop this one battle line unit. They shot my army off the board. That always bothers me, but I think that's also because I play a lot of chaos and I just don't have that in my arsenal. Sure. So right. yeah. you know, it frazzles. It frazzles me. Yeah, they're not known but for their I shooting. Think, but I think that you run into your own problems with shooting armies where it's hard to hold points. Like obviously, if you get touched, you get melted. Like you know, they have their own uh, issues as well. Right. Where like they're they're gonna love playing a gargant list because there you are. You know, what I mean, sure. you're just standing there and they're going to shoot the hell out of you. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. I think you have to think about all of these things, which you're never going to have an exact counter to all of it, but you can at least map in your head. Like, all right, if they're going to do a shooting unit, maybe I have a sacrificial unit that I can smash into them to get rid of them for two turns. You know what I mean? Even if they just have to shoot those units, I need to get them over to the other side of the board and into that uh, shooting unit as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Like I love Nerglings for that. Yeah, I drop them outside of you. They somehow make it in. They somehow survive, and then you have to shoot them in your turn. That's right. you know. Yeah, and that's and that's a great use of having you know. I think what we're going to talk about here are those those other those filler units. Uh, but Mike, before we get into those, you know, I mean, uh, I see a lot of list builds, and they take they take the the, the key the key units one step further. They peel the onion layer back one step further. And what are your thoughts on units in the role as either redundant type units in their need or in their application? So in other words, let's say I'll take a wizard. You know, you see this more often. You see, you see a player that's got two wizards and they put the same spell on each wizard. Uh, that kind of redundancy or maybe redundant units in that MSU type, type deal. Do you, is that something that you apply to your list builds? I actually, I do, I actually do like that. And that goes back to the idea of if I have to split my army up, then I may need that spell on both sides of the board. And I'm going to have to decide where I want that spell. And I'd rather have it where I have the opportunity or if somehow they get rid of that, that wizard that I have another wizard that can make that happen. Okay. So I do understand why people do that, but I also understand why people would be like, well, it's stupid. Why are you running the same spell? But uh, I, I actually do that all the time. So. I guess it depends on the spell and the casting value, but that was just a question because I, as I, as I kind of think about our conversation here with key units, it, it, it kind of draws me to those things. But I would say that uh, to kind of wind this part of it down, I would say that with the key units, to me, when I'm building lists and I'm looking at key units, I know that uh, for a lot of armies out there, particularly Grand Alliance death armies that are out there um the focus that you should have as their opponent is to eliminate en- enemy characters and you know the buffs that they provide 
Um, what would be your advice on this? I mean, I've, obviously this is something that we all try to strive for. You know, you, you, it's the old, it's the old, you know, chop the head off the snake, you know? So what, what, what advice do you have on this or what's your philosophy behind that? Do you take key units for that role? For like for, to for, for eliminating, down. for eliminating enemy characters. Yeah, I could see, you know, if you're going to go for the head hunting idea, uh, you know, it really depends like. You know, I like to make characters that if I'm going to headhunt, I'm going to go for smaller guys like the support heroes, right? Where I think, like, if you're playing death, that's the whole game, right? I All I have to do is get rid of your support heroes. So mm -hmm. same thing with Chaos, too. It's a big, I mean, it's just a big part of Warhammer is getting rid of these small guys. Where I think sometimes with the bigger models, when, you, when people have a 700-point model on the table, I've actually learned that avoiding those models sometimes is the better case. Like, right. don't even... Don't even attempt to try to get rid of them yeah. because you're just going to waste units and it, you might not even accomplish what you were trying. Right. So right. then you just start playing the runaway game or, you know, like I just said, controlling them, trying to make them make a mistake to pull their unit out of the game for a turn or two, which on a competitive level will cost you a game. You're right. Yeah. T don't turn it into a track meet. Um, all right. So that's, that's a good point. I like that. So let's, let's talk about now, the next step that I think is involved in, in list building. And that's identifying the, the quote unquote, the other units, you know? Um, and, and here's what I mean by that in, in my mind, right? Again, pretty scary place, but in my mind, at least small place, please. I own it. <laughs> my mind generally goes to flanking units. When I think about other units, I think about flanking units or units that can be used, um, to cause my opponent to spread their forces or even offer a decoy target for my opponent so the rest of my army isn't focused on. And, and my, my best example that I can do for this is, in my Beast of Chaos army, is the Jabberslife. It's a good unit that fits the bill in this particular... It's, it's, you know what it is. It's, a, it's, a, it's an SMT. It's a slow-moving target. And my opponents, because of what the Jabberslife can do with their aura of madness and their spurting vile blood in close combat and all that stuff, they hate it. They can't stand the model. So they focus fire on it. And I don't care. You want to mm. kill it, that's fine. Um, Mike, any comments on this, on this one, this type of, you know, identifying the other type of units or what you would consider your other type of units in list building? I mean, I think because we're both chaos players, like I have a very similar answer. I think that, you know, I have things in my list that sometimes might even look flashier. Like I put them as bait, right? I want you Decoy, to, yeah. shoot, I want you to shoot that right? because, because sometimes, you know, we were talking about the furies in the, in the beginning and, uh, those were MVP for me in so many games that you, it, it's hard to explain. Something with no save, you know, winning you the game from desecrating the land or stealing a point for one turn is just such a huge thing. And no one's really going to shoot. They don't, I shouldn't say no one. When you start getting to certain level of players who have played it enough, they, they don't fall for the trick, right? And they, right. they might find that. But then if you don't shoot my unit, like you said, uh, the Jabba Sickle, whatever Jabba his name is. Yeah. Jabba Slide. Uh, then they have to deal with it. Right. So I'm not upset that you didn't, you know, that you didn't kill it. Now he's, now he, now you got to deal with that. So I do understand what you're saying and I couldn't agree more. I think that like my other units are usually my decoys or right. if you didn't, I, I like to use a lot of, you know, like Nurglings. That's my favorite right. other unit ever. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I would say that's a perfect other unit because it's, it could be used as a flanking yeah. unit, a grab an objective unit. It could be something that, that would force your opponent to deal with it, but it might not have to deal with you. 
I, or I could just, you know, stick it on a point and, you know, and just like my, my beginning skeleton crew. Yeah. And, you know, now you have to chew through a couple of nerglings. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> big, like big said, fan of, big fan of those, uh, other units. Yeah. So let's talk about fillers, right? Filler units, you know, and, and I think a good place to start with this and, and a lot of, you know, I think, you know, it's funny when we're talking about this, you know, because this is the way I build my list. You know, Haroon, who's on the chats here, is a sidebar. A long time ago, we were talking about list building, and I, I brought up my philosophy on other units and filler units, and, and he looked at me like I had lobsters crawling out of my ears. But there is a there is a, a philosophy with this, and I think filler units are just this. Um, it, it's a good, you know, for if I had to describe it to you, it's a good place to start with this idea is a specialized unit or an optimizer type of unit. You know, a, a good example would be Gotrick or screen type units. Maybe uh, uh, the, the, the Craven Throne Guard uh, could be a good filler unit. You know, they shoot, they take up a spot, right? Take your go track. Try to find some room in the trash can next to the incarnate. <laughs> Toss them in there. Down right away. Them. There you go. Try it. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> there it is, folks. If we can end the show now, we're done. But, but to me, the, the, the filler unit is anything that could be a see-a-need, fill-a-need or, or need for control, et cetera. I mean, do, do you kind of understand what I mean by filler unit? I mean, do no, you yeah, use these absolutely. type of units? I mean, I don't... So kind of like a unit that just on their own fills his own purpose. That's, Correct. That's they're, the they're, they're, they're a specific yeah. application, like a yeah. screening. I think, the, yeah, like my Lord of Change, if, I, if I'm running him, like that's my magic defense, right? right. I, like when I play Legion. He's strictly there to defend against spells because he's fantastic, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, like, that's his purpose. Besides that, I don't really use him for any, like, I'm just going to, you know, put a couple screens around him and just try to shut your magic down. Yeah. And he actually does, some, you know, decent damage as well with his magic. But specifically filling the, the role of magic defense. Right. Is, like, what comes to my mind when, I, like... That unit or you know. the, the demon prince mark and corn you know he has a very right a very, he fills a very specific need and that's to halt your opponent from running and charging everyone's made the mistake of charging him into battle and losing him and then you're like why did why did i do that right yeah i don't yeah you don't do that at all and, and let me let me kind of touch on something you said when we were when we were talking about other units you know talking tying up monsters and, and this is where a filler unit kind of kind of breeds into that you know let's go back to the crown spine um, this is just a thought I have off the top of my head. I mean, with the crown spine, especially since now it went up 80 points, I don't see this changing now, but I see a lot of players using filler units as throwaways to clog up the crown spine uh, as best they could. I used to do the same thing. You know, when you get up by a crown spine, maybe you can't uh, retreat and all, all these other kinds of things, but you know what? You can tie that crown spine up. Who cares if they kill a bunch of ungors? Who cares if they kill a, a, a group of nurglings? It's going to hold that crown spine up, which kind of goes back to what you were saying have screen units or, you know, trash units, if you will, you know, you know, scaven, you know, clan, uh, you know, slaves or something like that, clan rats, and just have them clog up that crown spine. You take the crown spine away at that point, right? And, and there's a, there's a good feeling of when a unit of nerglings holds up a crown of spine for like two rounds, three rounds, you know, that's a, that's a great, uh, and really that's, that's, uh, that's the dice, right? Like that's the shrugs and, and just a little bit of yeah. luck that needs to come in, but uh, that's I love that. I love that. Uh, I love that chaos. I should say, <laughs> of just like, yeah, that shouldn't have happened, 
<laughs> like I don't know how it happened, but that was awesome. But you're but yeah. you're damn happy it did. And I guess I guess the other example, the obvious one, would be you know for a filler unit, you know, hey Mike, I need one to two units of troops to fill out the requirements of this battalion, whatever, blah blah blah. Um, but I, I think I think that's a very important part. I would say that to me, that specific unit, that specified unit to fill an exact need or a, a plan of a need or a goal of a need is just as important as identifying your key units. And I do think they're separate. A lot of people say, well, what the hell is the difference? Well, I think your key units are units that are going to do things like your bulk operation, right? Your bulk MOS. I think your your, your specified units are more of their units that you need to fill a specific need. That's what I mean by that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So let's let's get into one that I think a lot of people with Warhammer ADHD have a hard time with. Now, obviously, you know, there, there, are, there are guys out there like John Anderson or Haroon or, you know, heck, even yourself uh, with, with Legions that really can marry up to a particular army and play the hell out of it. I'm a junkie. I came back to Beast of Chaos because um, I, I, I am, but I'm, I'm a Warhammer junkie myself. But, and that's playtesting and repetition is, is, is the seventh part that we want to talk about here. Um, and I really can't stress this enough. You know, if you think about it this way, a general who knows his army is much more dangerous than one who does not. You know, we've said it time and time again. In this game, is it the general or the army? Well, most of the time it's a general. And with that said, we are all, we're not all going to hit the right list the first try, right? But it should be close. You know, I recommend personally, this is one man's opinion, play 15 to 20 games with the list and see how it operates. Mike, what are your thoughts? I say, don't worry about losing practice games. You know, that I think that I think that's a big, big part of it when you're, you know, if you have uh, the ability to play with a club and you're playing competitively, take every game for a learning experience. I can't stress it enough that like so many times when I was in a, a tournament moment, another game from the club popped into my head and I said, oh, yeah, this is how I how I did that. And I won through this battle plan by doing that. So the repetition of. And I also like, oh, I remember that I got annihilated doing that, right? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I've made plenty of mistakes, you know, like uh, when Nighthaunt first came out and I was playing against them, you know, I made a couple of mistakes and let all those Nighthaunt models get into the right position to make charges. That was a mistake that I learned right away. Like that, that's not, you know, and that's just that repetition of don't make that mistake. You know, if you open that gap. 20% of the time you're going to be hurt, you know, stuff like that. Like, and then, and then you just kind of, you know, if you end up in a situation, I think that the repetition and games that you play will only help you out. Yeah. And, and I like what you said about not losing in practice games. You know, I, I always feel that when you're playing your club mates in a practice or a war meet, like we do, you know, you, you either win or you learn, but you never lose your loses are your wins and your losses really are reserved for when you're out there in the tournament circuit, RTTs, GTs, all that kind of stuff. So I like the way you put exactly. that. I think that's something that everybody yeah. needs to embrace. And even if you're playing on, you know, tabletop simulator, you know, you lose a game, you know, don't, don't go crazy and throw your computer through the window. I mean, it, it look at it as either you win or you, or you learn and that type of thing, but let's, you know, here's something I do, Mike. When, when I'm when I'm playtesting a list or I'm, I'm running through the gauntlet of a particular list, I take the time to record what went well and what didn't work and things that were enjoyable in the games and not so. And that kind of helps me when I go back a day or two later and I kind of reflect on that. Um, you know, and, and Mike, when, when you look at a particular list, you know, are you looking for, uh, first of all, do you do that? I guess, you know, do you do the same thing? Because, you know, when you look at a particular 
list? Are you looking for enemy units that may have ambush, deep strike, monsters, or characters? Because these are things, the reason why I bring that up is these are things that I've learned in my games that I jot down. I went back and I look at my notes and I'm like, oh yeah, this unit was a deep striker. This unit had a, a, a beat stick of a character or whatever it might be. Um, but offhand, I mean, are you are you looking at particular lists when you build them in that type of, or enemy lists in that type of ilk? Yeah, I'd say that's that's part of it. I'd say, you know, keeping that in mind is helpful. Do you do you record like your games? Do you kind of jot down notes as they go along? I wouldn't say that I I jot notes down, but mentally I definitely like I I, I guess, you know, I'm kind of a bum. I probably should write it down. Uh, <laughs> I think it's I think it's more like when something sticks with me like either it made me so upset that i did it i'm like you know that was so stupid how did i you know why did i do that and then because you know there's always that moment where you just do sometimes you're like you'll look at the board and you say why did i move him so far up why did i put him in uh range to get uh shot off the board sure or you know what i mean and, and i i did i will say that about the u.s open uh a lot of the guys there just so talented where they don't really even need to measure out things. They play so much that, you know, it's just natural. Their depth perception like, is right there. You know, but but you also see players who will measure everything out and, and be like, hey, that's where you put your wizard. I'm going to make sure I'm out of, dis, you know, out of the range to for dispels to, and to, stuff to, like that. Yeah, or, or to block you out in general. And I think that comes from yeah. that type of that playtesting experience, you know, because I think yeah. I think in my experience – I think lists have to have a good answer for what you just said, right? They have to have a good answer for fast or ambush heavy armies, uh, strong magic armies. Um, you know, and I, I think, I think, but on transversely, if that's the type of list you are playing as a player, you have to prepare your list to play to those strengths. You know, are you fast? Yeah. Are you an ambush army? You know, do you have a lot of magic and do you, you know, do you need to have a Lord Croak where you got to keep him in the bushes, you know, uh, you know, all, all way from enemy units who doesn't get killed. You know, but he can cast a thousand spells or techless or something like that. So, I think that's what you have to plan for. But, so so here's the thing with this: when 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 you're when you're thinking about your list and you're playing these games, are there? You obviously said, okay, giants make you nervous. Are you building lists? Do you find that you're a list builder for a particular family group of enemy units out there, or do you are you are, do you try to build like an all comer type of a a list? I I, I really do try to base my list completely on obtaining battle tactics and how I'll split the army up. I try not to think about what my opponent's going to bring until I see what my opponent is, right? Like, cause it, because if I'm prepared for the battle plan, that's going to put me in a level and then I'll have to figure out the rest as we get there. Like that's, that's my idea. I don't know if that's the best idea. It's just how I have, found success where when I build lists that are like strictly based on like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to play daughters of Cain. And then I try to build a list. That list won't work against other people. Most of the time, right. like, yeah, maybe it did its specific job to stop Marathi and, and do this, but it's not going to work against the Stormcast list, Sure, you know? And all of a sudden now, you know, my list is completely blown away because I'm not playing that exact arm. So I, I, I usually try to not think about the army I'll play and just about battle tactics and 
getting victory points. And, and I think I think that's where you might you might have a, a leg up on on my philosophy. I get stuck in the environment. That's really my 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 what's good about my my gameplay and probably my Achilles heel. I need to kind of broaden my horizons a little bit. Um, and I think one I thing- feel like you're too harsh on yourself. You're you're <laughs> you're a top you're a top dog, man. Well, I appreciate that, man. And, and I think the other thing I got to work on, uh, since I'm kicking my own ass here, um, I, I got to try to do a little more smaller tweaks. I like to do wholesale transmission change outs of my, of my, of my gaming army. And I, I don't think that that's a smart thing. I think players should make those small tweaks to try out and use them a few times and see if you can make them work. I mean, and I've kind of seen you do this. So I'm kind of putting you on the spot here because I've, I know that's what you do. You make those small tweaks and it pays off for you. I mean, I think like, you know, if you're playing something a lot, throw something in there, even if like it's just for a test run, especially if you're practicing, it's not going to hurt you to try other units. That's and that's like the big takeaway from the meta list and the low talent meta players we were talking about. Uh, It's okay to pull a unit or two out of the army that you looked up and put something up fresh in something new, something that no one else is running. Put an allied unit in. Do something that's just completely out of left field and then you know no one's going to say anything because that at least was your little spin on it or i won't say anything <laughs> <laughs> well yet you, you might no, yeah yeah I, yeah yeah i mean unless unless you're a you're an ltmp i love that right um I, I guess the other thing the other part i would say when when i'm when i'm thinking about you know repetition and and play testing that i try to focus on is is i try to not change more than one thing at a time um, especially in the beginning. And I would, I would, I would extend that advice to other people out there. Um, if, if you change more than one thing, it's harder to determine what caused the difference. And I think because of the fact that I, as I said before, I do these wholesale transmission change outs in my entire army. Sometimes I have to really go back and reinvent the wheel a couple of times. And I think that stagnates my, my ability to grow as a player. Um, yeah, it's about, it's about little minor changes. Don't, don't, you know, figure out the, the main, the main wheels of how it's running. But like, as you add these little things in, give yourself backup plans, give yourself, uh, you know, something in your head that if you lose this half of your army, what does this have to do without them? And then, you know, the repetition will be key. Just keep playing it it's good to lose sometimes it's good to uh to learn what the weaknesses are and right. say oh wow that you know okay i'm having trouble with shooting well what can i add into the army that's going to help against the shooting sure. okay now i got the shooting down how do i you know do this and then you know eventually you'll have that recipe that that aha is moment. good enough yeah that's like oh wow this works a little bit of everything you know this this can survive yeah 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 i, I like the way you put that so with that said, I mean, we've kind of covered a lot of topics here tonight. You know, uh, I, I think I think the information that we've shared, and Mike, you know, the proof's in the pudding, man. You're a hell of a player, and you, you build some great lists, and you're very consistent. I think that's also, in part, your 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 success. Um, what, were, what, are, what would be some final thoughts that you would offer somebody to round out their list, bili- list building tactics, their theory behind it? Number one. If you want to be a great Warhammer player, join Grimdark. <laughs> that that that'll be the first step to making step your uh, to the top of the mountain. Uh, step two, which is important, make sure you're having fun. You should be having fun 
while you're playing the game. You know, no matter how competitive you get, make sure you can laugh a little bit that like, hey, we're playing models. You know what I mean? Like it's competitive, but have fun. And then when it comes to list building, like we've said this whole time, you know, uh, just make sure you're creative and you're yourself. And that, you know, what you're bringing to the table is some way you, you know, I, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I like that. Be original. Yeah, be original. Don't yeah. be a, don't be a copycat. Copycats are boring. You know, um, yeah. they, they they only impress the person you're copying. Um, but I, I like that. I like that one. So this might this might kind of piggyback your uh, your final thoughts on list building here. But what about the closing thoughts of the show, man? You've been an excellent guest, Mike, and you're you're an awesome guy to know, and you're a hell of a player. And and um, so so you ready? Can can you give us some some closing thoughts here tonight on Grimdark Live? Uh yeah. Closing right. thoughts. It's the floor is yours, well, sir. I love Warhammer. I love Chaos. I love Grimdark. Uh, make sure if you're playing and you're running something that seems obnoxious, you're beating people in two turns. Just know there's guys out there like me that are going to make fun of you. <laughs> and that's uh, that's pretty much the gist of it. You know, uh, I'm going to be at the tournament. So if you don't like me, uh, bring it to the table. And we will do it how goons do it. That's it. Now that's a uh, that's a that, that's, that's a, that's a final thought. That's a great that's a great way to uh, <laughs> to, to end that one. But yeah, that, you know what? You're absolutely right. I mean, I think we're I think your points, especially with with the first spicy meatball topic, was a great way to start it out. And I think I think list building is is a science. I think I think it's well. I, I'll say this: it's as much as an art form as it is a science. And um, Mike, there's there's not many people that do as well as you, bud. So I want to thank you very much for being being on the show tonight. Thank you. Well, I want to thank you for having me, and uh, I'll I'll see you at the war meet soon. Absolutely, man. Well, folks, that's a great show, and that's a wrap. And Mike, thank you very much for being with us tonight. And folks, until we meet up again, remember, roll them dice, fun and fair. And uh, you know how we end this. Don't be a freaking short pants. You got it. All right. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Have a wonderful night. See you next time. Dark Live would like to thank you for slumming through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. We'll be back again real soon, so until then, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants. You can get your Grimdark Live fix on on our live show or catch us on our Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live coming to you each and every week. So stay tuned and stay grim while you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing blue. Remember to embrace the main message here on Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other in this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com and don't forget to subscribe, follow, and recommend Grimdark Live to your friends. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye.
short pants. <laughs>